Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. So today is a standalone message. Um, it's called The Sweeter Things. And, and we have a, a nice pink logo theme, totally against my will. But I wore my pink shirt. It's the only pink shirt I have or probably ever will have. I wore my new kicks because I wanted to look drip like my son tells me I look every single day. So just enjoy this moment. Enjoy this pink shirt moment. Enjoy this pink shirt moment. <clears throat> Another thing I told first service is I'm not all with it today. I've been up all night, literally all night. Because we were putting, we were putting meat on the, on the smoker last night. It was between 10 and 11 o'clock. And Ethan and Ellie and I are outside. And we're getting everything ready. And it's about 150 pounds of like brisket and pork and stuff. And Ethan looks at me and he says, Hey, Dad, um, what are you going to do when the bear comes? And I'm like, he's not going to come. He's like, yeah, but what are you going to do when he does come? And I said, he's not going to come. Well, he's going to come because you just put all the bird seed out this weekend and you haven't put it out yet this year. So between the bird seed and the smoking, the bear is going to show up. So naturally, the thing that you think about right before you go to bed is the thing that you typically will dream about or think about all night long. So for the next six hours, all I did was think about chasing bears off our patio and how we were going to keep the meat going all night. So probably around 4, 4.30, I just said called it quits and got up because I, I wasn't going to be able to sleep anymore. So it was one of those nights where you dream and like every five minutes you get up like clockwork, check the clock. So just bear with me this morning. So going into the sweeter things, um, it's called The Sweeter Things, but we're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about giving today. And um, it's called The Sweeter Things because I truly believe with all my heart, um, giving is something that we get to do as Christians. And it's the sweeter things in life that truly allow us to understand what giving is and really understand what giving is all about. So there's three things that we're going to talk about today that have just impacted my life, that have helped me understand what giving is, and we're not going to really talk about money, and we're not going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about our heart. So I wrote down, giving is contagious, and it spreads from our money to our time, our talents, and our abilities. And just as giving is contagious, not giving is just as contagious as giving. So if we're not careful, we can fall back into a trap of not giving, of hoarding. Really. I see there's even a show on hoarding now. So there's, it's just, there's all kinds of stuff out there. We have to be careful. We have to be careful. We know as Christians we are taught to share what has been given to us with those who have less, is what I wrote. It's not always those who have less. It's not always those are, that are in need. It's with everybody. It's with our, all of our brothers and all of our sisters. We are called to give. We are called to share. We share our gifts, talents, times, ourselves, and yes, even our financial resources. You know, every single week, that money mysteriously lands in our checking account, doesn't our checkbook. It's there. And I look at it as a mystery because we have direct pay now, so that's really simple. It just magically goes into your bank account. 
And I look at that and I think that's pretty awesome. But I also look at that and I think that's a blessing. That's an absolute blessing to be able to have financial resources and have it land in our checking account which we can do things with. I often think people are ashamed to talk about giving. I often think people are offended to talk about giving. You might hear churches talk about it every week. You might hear some churches talk about it monthly, quarterly, whatever it may be. But it's one of the hardest conversations and topics that people can have to talk about in a church. Because naturally, the first thing that we want to do when we hear a dollar is we want to grab our behind. That's the first thing that I want to do when someone says a buck is I grab my butt because that's where my wallet is. It's one of those things that touches us personally. It's one of those things when we think we've worked for something, this is ours, this is mine, I earned it, so naturally it's going to be a hard conversation. It's a hard topic to talk about. But I think these three things in my life have allowed me and enabled me to be willing and freely to talk about them. Not only talk about them, but act on them, to do them. So I'm not, I'm not here to offend you. I'm not here to hurt feelings. I'm here to talk to you about how giving has affected and impacted my life. The other thing I want to mention, sorry. A couple years ago, I was doing the Blessed Life series with Pastor Robert Morris. We were in, in the back here, and we got all done after seven or eight weeks. And one of my buddies walked up to me, and he said, you know, that was a fantastic teaching. That was really good. It, it really made an impact on us and our family. And I said, that's fantastic. And he looked at me, and he pointed his finger, and he said, but if you would have said that to me, I would have been offended. I would have been offended. So why is it that a stranger can talk to you about something that's so close to your heart, but a friend cannot? or a pastor cannot. It shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be that way. And if you have children, you know it's that way. Because I literally pay people every single day to tell kids what I want them to hear. Because when I say it, it don't matter. But if somebody else says it, it's this great epiphany from God. And it's fantastic. And they listen to it like the Holy Grail. <laughs> so it's the sweeter things that we're going to talk about today. Psalm 24, verse 1. And it and we're talking about this verse, and this verse is really going to set up a little bit of what we're going to talk about today because it says, the earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That's the understanding right there. Absolutely everything is his. It's not ours. Every single thing that is on this earth is his. Take it further than the earth. Every single thing that is in this universe is his, not mine. James 1, verse 17. Every, gift, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Who does not change like shifting shadows? There's no change. Romans eleven thirty six. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. We're going to go over a lot of Bible verses because I think giving is biblical. And I think giving can be confusing. And when we're confused and we have questions or we have concerns, the very, very first thing that we should do is go to this and this alone. Because this is the answer. 
We will get everything that we need from this. When we believe and understand that all things we have ultimately belong to God, we are able to understand the practice of giving back to God. And I think probably the the most significant verse for me that impacted my idea of what giving was, was John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Well, why? What's that have to do with giving? What's it say? What did God give? He gave his one and only son. He sacrificed his greatest thing for us. I could not imagine having to give one of my children or give my wife or give my business or give a car. I couldn't imagine it. But when you read John 3.16 and you understand what's going on and the whole premise of love and what giving truly means, giving's easy. It's a piece of cake. You see, love is the foundation. It's fundamental. It's the first part, and that's my first point. I believe when we use this example of love as the basis of our giving, we realize that only giving, the only giving that God recognizes is wrapped in love. It's wrapped in love. How many times have we given money or we've wrote a check or we've slid our credit card and we've given to something or we've given to someone without a second thought. Or we've done it a little grudgingly. Like, do I really have to do this? Like, this is mine. Is this needed? Must I do this? Do I have to? You see, those kinds of questions aren't wrapped in love, are they? How many times, and I said this for service, have I ever asked God what he's even asking me to give? Because I think there's something that all of us have and we have a lot of it is time. Time. I've heard from so many people this summer that this is the busiest summer of their lives, the busiest. Don't have a time for, for nothing. Where's your priorities? It's not just money. It's heart. It's attitude, right? It's what's behind the giving. It's what's behind the giving. Why are you giving? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3, and I read this at every wedding I do because we know 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter, don't we? But have we ever read it, have we ever really read 1 Corinthians 13 to ourselves? To ourselves, rather than reading it to somebody else? If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. You could have everything. You could have absolutely everything. And you could take the everything that you have and give it all 
away and let it not be done in love and there will be no response. But if it's not done in love, then well, how is that given away? If we're not giving in love, typically we want to be recognized, right? We want to be affirmed or we want to be valued in what we're, what we're giving, don't we? But when it's done in love, it's completely different. When it's done in love, there's a closeness, there's an intimacy, there's a privacy between you and God, you and your spouse and God. I love my children. It's not between me and my children. It's between me and God. Jesus defines giving not by the size of the gift, but rather the condition of our heart when we give. When we give. Luke 11, 39 through 42. Then the Lord said to him, Now then, you Pharisees, clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and wickedness. And we read this verse, I think, a couple weeks ago. You foolish people, did not the one who made the outside make the inside also? But for now, or but now, as for what is inside you, be generous to the poor, and everything will be clean for you. Woe to you, Pharisees, because you give God a tenth of your mint, rue, and all their kinds of garden herbs, but you neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without leaving the former undone. It's love. It's an understanding of what was paid on our behalf for us to even be here. It's an understanding of what was paid for, on our behalf for us to have the opportunity to live eternally with Jesus Christ. Because we have talked about that as well. We are all going to live forever, aren't we? We're going to live forever. Our bodies are not going to live forever, but we have a choice as to where we're going to live. And do we want to live in heaven or do we want to live in hell? And that's our choice. Jesus is telling them that they tithe of what they have, but they leave out his love. They leave it out. It's absent. They're giving of what they have. They're giving of what they must. They, they're giving of what they earned. And they're literally counting it out on the side, over there on the side. Jesus tells us in this verse to give, but he also says that it should be done in an act of love towards him and not followed by hypocrisy. Not followed by self-righteousness. Not followed by I want an accolade. I'm not followed by, I want recognition. Not followed by, I want the spotlight on me. Not followed by, I want to be prominent in the community. Not followed by, I want to be in a pedestal. Not followed by, I want my name engraved on this. But followed in a way that's done out of kindness, out of love. It's not self-seeking. Matthew 6, verses 2 through 4. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly I tell you that they have received the reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. It's pretty plain and clear.
It should be done between you and God. You know, we didn't, we didn't start today with tithe and offering. We usually do, don't we? And we're not, I'm not even going to ask you to give today. We're not even going to talk about tithe and offering. But how many of us really understand and truly know that you can give every single day? We can give absolutely every single day. We don't have to just give on Sunday. We can give Monday through Sunday. We can give every single day. We can give time. We can give talents. We can give treasure. We can give whatever. Whatever it is. I've told the story where I've been in Chicago and I've seen a man literally freezing cold in February with cracked, bleeding feet, wearing shorts, I believe, didn't even have a coat, and I walked right past him into a department store. Didn't give him a dollar. And as I'm doing this, I'm pulling my wife with me and telling her not to give him any money either. I know, you're all judging me now. But I've done it. And I've wanted that moment back so bad that I have told God, when I see somebody that is in need, I am going to respond every single time. It's not for me to judge whether they need it or not. It's not for me to judge what they're going to do with it or not. It's for me to respond. It's for me to respond. God will take care of the rest. I was going over my notes this morning, and I wrote down, what motivates you to give? I'm talking to myself. What motivates me to give? What's the driving force behind why I'm doing it? Not necessarily what I'm doing, but why. My basketball team loves when I say that. But why are we doing what we're doing? You see, I go back to John 3.16. I want to truly understand that sacrifice, that only son that was given on whose behalf? Our behalf. I go back to that, that statement and that statement alone. And I'll say it again as I open up. It's easy. Once we understand that, everything should be easy. Love and gratitude to God make or take a meaningful form in our giving. Gratitude. And God uses the gift to reach others with his salvation, with his message of salvation. Because we can take that giving that's been done, and it doesn't matter, again, what it is. You own a plane, you could fly a mission team across the world. There's all kinds of things that can be done. But what we are called to do with those things that are given is to take the message outside of these four walls and to share that message of salvation, share Jesus Christ with the world. The world. That means, yes, overseas. That means, yes, your neighbor. That means, yes, the neighborhood across the street that I've worked here for six years, attended church here for almost 11 years, and I've drove through that subdivision one time. Once. And I drove through it because I needed something. But we're called to take these things and to share them. 
to deliver the gospel. What people, what things, what situations do we give? We've talked over the last few weeks about what we do as a church. We give to people in need. There's, yeah, it's evident. People are, they need help right now. That's, and I'm gonna tell you what, that's never gonna go away. I don't think that's ever gonna go away. There's always gonna be some sort of need. I talked to a couple this morning. Financially, they're great, but their car broke down on them. They need a car. It's over in Wisconsin. There's situations, right? There's always a need. Benevolence, local outreach, missions, we support several missionaries, Philippines, Nepal, Tanzania, China. Community organizations. We support those here in Cadillac area. CAPS. You know, last year, the year before last, we were able to walk into CAPS and give hundreds and hundreds of boxes of school supplies and necessities that they needed, hundreds pallets full of stuff that we were able to do here as a church. Outreach. The things that we do outside of these four walls, the events that we hold, whatever it is, whatever we are doing outside of here that we can go and connect with our community. That's what we're doing here in our church. So I do believe the second fundamental, fundamental motivation for giving is gratitude. And that's the realization of what God truly did for us. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is Noah. I was sweating really bad. I've, I've been sweating. It's hot up here. It's so stinking hot. Those lights are nuts. But my wife told me, you look ridiculous with that full-size body towel that you carry up on stage. So I cut it so it's smaller. Now I have several little towels that I can, I can bring up here. One of my favorite stories is Noah. And I don't care if you read the story, if you hear the story, if you watch the movie with Russell Crowe, whatever you're doing. But the story of Noah is fantastic. And it's fantastic because of what the first thing that he does when he gets off the ark. The very first thing he does when he gets off the ark. Genesis 8, 18 through 20. So Noah came out together with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. All the animals and all the creatures that move along the ground and all the birds and everything that moves on land came out of the ark one kind after another. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. The very first thing Noah does when he gets off the ark is realize that he is alive. And he, he takes and makes a sacrifice to the Lord for the provision of his life, for the provision of his family's life, for saving him. He's understanding what was just done on his behalf. And he's saying, thank you. He's saying, thank you for sparing my life, sparing my children, sparing 
the generations that are to come of the human race. God blesses us and protects us on a daily basis, every single day. Every single day. I can even almost walk in the dark now without breaking a toe or something. But he protects us every single day. And I look at that protection, and when I, when I realize that, and I see that, and I recognize that, and I act in it, giving understanding out of his protection is a simple thing. Sharing with somebody, offering something to somebody, coming alongside of somebody is simple. So when we give, let it be done with a a grateful heart, a thankful heart. Let it be done in a way that is worshiping God, is understanding God, is loving God. I'm wandering around and I have absolutely nothing. I'm alone on, in my community. I, I have, I'm not married, I have no kids. Like the show title, I'm Naked and Afraid, okay? So God gives me three apples. He says, take those three apples, go get some clothes. And he says, here's three more apples. Take these three apples, go trade for a house, get some provision, get some protection. Then he says, take these three apples, and eat them. Fill your stomach. This is the provision in which I'm giving you. But this apple right here, I'd like you to give this apple back to me. I'd like you to give this one back. So I do as I'm told, and I take these three apples, and I go out, and I get shelter. I get a house. And I take these three apples and I get some clothes so I'm not naked and afraid anymore. And I take these three apples and I eat them and I'm full and I'm content and I'm happy. But it's this apple that's hanging me up. It's this apple Do I really need to give this apple back? I mean, if God is really God and he can really do absolutely everything that he says he can do, why does he need it back? Can he make more? If God really loved me, does he really want me to give this back? Knowing that I'm a bigger guy, I'm almost 300 pounds and I'm 6'4 and I can eat a lot. So doesn't he really want me to have four apples? Doesn't he really want me to have four? You see, I'm starting to justify the need of not giving God back his apple. 
So what I do is I take the apple and I decide I'm going to eat the apple. And I eat the apple because I was hungry. And this is what I give God. What's remaining? What's left over? What I might possibly have left after my needs are met, after I'm content. But that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about at all. It's our heart. Are we truly understanding? And I'm going to tell you right now that God doesn't need our money to be God. And I'm going to tell you that the church doesn't need your money to be the church. It's not needed. Christians, you and me, along with billions of other people all around this earth, give to the church and give to God because of our gratitude towards him. Because of our gratitude towards him. We give back to God what is God's to begin with so that through our giving, the love of God can become a tangible, something that we can touch and put our hands to, reality all around this entire world. The entire world. Our giving is a personal reminder of the blessings God gives us and gave us through his son, Jesus Christ. Right? So one more story. I know it's 12. Let's take it quick. Guys in the airport. All the flights are canceled. Place is packed. Right? And if you've already gone through security and you're stuck in an airport, you know that every square inch of the airport has people sitting on it, on their devices. Every restaurant's full. Every cafe has people in it. There's lines everywhere. People are on top of people. So this guy's in this airport. Everything's delayed. Goes into a cafe grabs a coffee and, and a bag of donuts. And he's, he walks in and he's looking for a place to sit. The whole place is packed. Every seat's taken except for one. There's one seat that's open. And it's across from another gentleman at a table. I wouldn't go sit there. I wouldn't sit there if there was one person and 90 empty seats at one table because I don't like to sit with strangers. But this guy goes and he sits at the table. And he comes up to the table and he puts his coat on his chair. He puts his coffee on the table, sets his luggage down and he takes a seat. And he's sitting there for a second and gives the guy a head nod across the table. He reaches in the bag of donuts and he takes out a donut. And he starts eating the donut. And he's sitting there for a second. And then the guy that's reading the paper across puts his paper down and he reaches across the table and reaches into the bag of donuts and he takes out a donut himself and he starts eating the donut. And the guy sits there and he's like, what'd you just do? <laughs> like literally, you just stole my donut. He's thinking to himself, that guy just stole my donut. How dare him? So he sits there and he's like, that won't happen again. Takes a sip of his coffee grabs into the bag, pulls out a donut, but as he's coming back out of the bag, he does one of those pull the bag closer thing like your wife does when you're snacking at night, pulls the bag closer to herself. So he pulls the bag closer to himself as he takes the donut out, and he, he takes a bite of the donut, and he eats the donut, and the guy with the newspaper puts the paper down and kind of smiles at him, and he eats the donut, and it's gone. 
But the guy with the newspaper puts his paper down and he reaches all the way across the table into the bag of donuts and he takes the donut out and he holds the donut up to the guy kind of like a cheers and gives him a smile and throws the donut in his mouth. And the guy's like, what the heck just happened? That guy just stole my donut. But knowing with how crazy people are nowadays, he's probably a little off his rocker a little bit. I don't really want to say anything, but there's a good chance there's something wrong with this guy. So they're sitting there for a second, and overhead intercom comes on. The flight so-and-so is getting ready to depart. Go to your gate. The guy with the newspaper jumps up, folds his paper up, gets his coat on, reaches into the bag of donuts again, takes out the last donut that's in the bag, holds it up like cheers again to the guy, kind of like a little smirk on his face, like, see what I'm doing? Takes the donut, breaks it in half, throws half in his mouth and puts the other half on the table and leaves. And the guy's like, that stinker. I'm not gonna eat that half a donut. That donut's infected with something. It's been touched by somebody else. That guy was rude. He was stealing from me. I want to have nothing to do with that donut. But the guy's kind of like me. He likes sprinkled donuts. So eventually he caves. He grabs the half a donut and he pops the donut in his mouth. Takes a look at his watch and realizes what time it is. He's got to go. His flight's getting ready to take off. He's got to get to his gate. So he jumps up, takes the last swig of coffee, throws the coffee cup back on the table, throws his coat on, and goes to reach for his luggage. And as he's reaching for his luggage, he realizes that his bag of donuts are sitting on top of his suitcase. That bag of donuts that were on the table were actually the other man's with the newspaper's bag of donuts. You see, that guy wasn't stealing donuts. That guy was sharing donuts. That guy was sharing donuts. And here we are, so caught up in the complaining that we can't even recognize when somebody's being nice. You see, all those stinking donuts are God's. All of the donuts all of the trees, all of the cars, all of the money, all of the buildings, all of everything on this earth is God's. He gives us 10 donuts every single week. Every single week he gives us 10 donuts. I take this donut and I'm tempted. What do I do with this donut? You see, because there's a lot of people in this world that rather than nine donuts, they need 12 donuts to live on a week. See, they're not gonna make it on nine. They're not gonna make it on 10. So how can they truly sit here and give one of their donuts when it really takes 12 to live. But see, there's also a lot of people here that get 10 donuts and only need four or five to live on their week. 
You see, I don't know how it happens, and I'm not here to explain it because I don't have a stinking clue, but I am here to tell you when we act in obedience and we give that donut to God, these nine donuts make everything work. And I'm not giving you the prosperity, give a dollar to get two back message. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you to give from your heart with no expectations of return, and I'm going to tell you that absolutely every single need in your life will be met. Every single need will be met. But are you willing to share your donuts? I like donuts. I don't always like sharing my donuts. But I am realizing and I am understanding what's behind the action of us truly giving. It's our heart. It's the motive behind what we're doing. It's the why we are doing what we are doing. I've talked a lot about believing and being committed. I think they're different. I think it's easy for us to say that we can believe. I think it's easy for us to say that we do believe. But I'm going to tell you, it's the actions in which we do things. It's the thought process in which things are going through our brains. It's the words that are coming out of our mouths on a daily basis are truly what shows that we are committed to Christ versus just believing in Christ. So I am telling you and encouraging you and, and, and just sharing with you the idea of giving. When it is done with love, when it is done with gratitude, and when it is done with generosity, it, it's not a have-to thing anymore, is it? So Heavenly Father, open our hearts, open our minds, open our eyes so that we can see you, Lord, so that we can hear you, Lord. Lord, work in our hearts and give us opportunities and, and situations in our lives in which we can share, opportunities in which we can be generous and understanding and knowing that we are thankful. We're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your kindness. We're thankful for your blessings. We're thank you, thankful for you working in our heart. We're thankful for you sending your son, your only begotten son. We love you, Lord. Amen. Hebrews 13, verse 16. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. God is pleased. The author of Hebrews is speaking of this as a discipline as something to do, as something to practice. And it's not one of those things where he follows up and says, if you don't do it, you're gonna get punished, but it's something that they want you to practice, just something they want you to do on a regular basis. And notice that the author could have equated doing good with anything, but he doesn't. 
You see, he could have said, do not neglect to do good and to attend church. Do not neglect to do good, but to pray. Do not neglect to do good, but to study the Bible. Do not neglect to do good, but to serve at church. You see, we're supposed to do all of those things. But what he says is, do not forget to do good and to share with others. Because those are the sacrifices that are pleasing to God. On your way out of the sanctuary this morning, we have a sprinkled donut for you. And I'm gonna tell you, I did it with a hidden motive. I hope you never look at a donut the same way again. I hope you never look at a donut the same way again. So enjoy your donut today on your way out. You guys be blessed. Next week, we are kicking off a series that's called Take a Stand. And it's based on Romans and having a fearless faith. You guys be blessed and have a fantastic week. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.